The biggest one that I think property managers are tight on is that you are carrying insurance and you have to provide that to them, usually within a certain amount of days of signing the management agreement with them. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hello, and welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. This is Heather Marchant, and I am running solo one more time today. Sometimes in the summer, I think Ron and I have both kind of just made it work, right? With family schedules and family get-togethers and vacations. So that's the fun part about our digital age, right? (laughs) We can be really flexible. And a lot of times we've recorded these on the fly, but literally Ron's flying on a plane right now. So not going to have good enough signal to get a recording together. (laughs) So I'm happy you joined us today. I am here with Jackie Hansen. Jackie's been on the show one other time. Welcome, Jackie. Hello. Happy to be here again. Yeah, so glad. It's so fun because we have a great team that I feel like we can really glean a lot of good information from versus it being all about Ron and I. So at our company here at RP Capital, Jackie actually kind of sits in two seats right now. So she's over our acquisitions department, as well as we call our customer experience, because it's really the whole picture of how a client experiences working with RP Capital. So she does a fantastic job. So we're so happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here again. (laughs) Love the podcast. (laughs) That's right. You were a listener for a little while, huh? Yeah. The first time I was on it, it was a little surreal. Like I've been listening to this for a while now. (laughs) And here I am. That's awesome. I think one thing, I don't feel like I have to know everything about everything. So it's fun to draw on other people and your experience. And you have a wealth of experience about this particular topic that was actually requested by a client in our Facebook group. So for those of you who aren't in that Facebook group, please reach out to us. It's a super awesome, positive environment. Clients can come in and ask questions. We do a lot of Facebook live and some small little tidbits and trinkets of things that we learn as we go. Like Ron was on this week. He's been up in Pennsylvania. That's why he's on a plane looking at some properties up there for our clients. So he popped on and just talked about that for just a few minutes this week. So it's kind of a fun environment to learn about real estate, kind of boots on the ground type of experience. So please email us invest at rpcinvest.com if you wanted to be in that group. I think it's super awesome. And our client feedback has been fantastic. So the question we were asked was about all these that I want to know all about property management. I want to know what's my responsibility? What's the property manager's responsibility? And what should I be aware of in a management agreement? And I happen to know that this client has a management agreement that was just sent to him. So he wanted to kind of have a deeper dive. So we've talked about property management on this podcast several times. So there are other episodes that go into a little bit more of the how to manage her more effectively. We've talked about that. We interviewed Mandy Clark with Hallmark Property Management. So just a plug for a few of the other podcasts that I think are super awesome for those of you listening that want a little bit more information or maybe a different outlook on it. But today we're really going to stick to how do I know what I'm supposed to do, what they're supposed to do, and things to watch for in a management agreement. So this is what Jackie does, gosh, 
nine to five. So day in and day out. <laughs> so I thought it'd be perfect to have her perspective on here. So Jackie, let's start with the responsibilities. So what are some of the responsibilities that a property manager is going to have pretty much squarely on their shoulders? Well, the big one is leasing the property. And we want to do everything we can to help them be able to have the time and the space to get those properties leased. So that's the big one. Along with that, they deal with the marketing, both online, sometimes in print, various forms of marketing to get the word out that they have vacancies and they have spots available. Then they deal with screening the tenants, background checks, credit checks, dealing with all the hard costs that are associated with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad because that's one thing I really, I mean, I know there's online services that provide those things for property managers, but at the same time, they're also looking at, well, how much income do they make versus the rent, right? I mean, they're really spending the time because they're motivated just like the owner is to get the property leased. I mean, that's how they get paid. And that's also their job satisfaction because if you place a difficult tenant in a property, you're going to be dealing with that person for a year, right? So they're motivated to make sure that this tenant is going to be paying every month, be their simple, easy tenant. They don't want to place tenants that are difficult or can barely make rent, right? That would make their job harder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're not just wanting to check the box or fill the property. They're Mm -hmm. wanting to get the best person possible in there, the best family or the best situation that's going to kind of be a win-win for everyone. And we definitely see them put in all of the effort to do that. I think that's something that maybe people don't, I've had talked to a lot of clients over the years that assume that they're just going to stick a warm body in there. (laughs) And when I talk to property managers, I've met with them face to face. They will say, oh, I just want to get this tenant out. They're so difficult to work with. They're constantly calling me with problems or I'm constantly having to follow up to get partial rent payments and they make their job harder. The good tenants that just pay rent every month, those are the tenants they want. So just like you as an owner, that's also what they want. So that may come as a surprise. And maybe some people don't really believe that and don't see the good, look for the good in other people sometimes. But I know from interviewing them, the ones we work with, well, that's all where their mindset is, is making sure that they have that good, solid long-term. They want to renew. I mean, all of that stuff makes their job easier. Totally. Sorry, that was sidetrack on that. No, that's great. And I've been seeing that even more and more lately. It is very nuanced what they do. They get very down to the details and they look for specific things. And you have to realize, by and large, they do a fantastic job. There are going to be problem tenants, but overall, these property managers are just doing a fantastic job. They're really honed in on it. And it goes without saying that, I mean, when you place a tenant, you don't know what's going to happen in three months or in six months in their life. You just don't know, right? So I have a tenant in one of my units that the property manager went by and I found out all sorts of information as to why the tenant's not paying. And she only paid, I believe for three months, but then she lost a good paying job, took a big pay cut, has two young children, single mom, and she's pregnant. And I went, Oh my goodness. Like it all makes sense, right? Like the backstory and that these are human beings that they deal with, that we deal with as owners, that they have life upsets. And so Property managers can only do so much on the front end to you can't prevent problems wholly, 
altogether. Right. right. So. And I have clients that have issues. Oh, my tenant has been late paying two months in a row. This is a side note. Yeah. But in my property, my tenants are late every month that they yeah. pay every month and they pay the late fee. And mm-hmm. so around the 20th of the month, I start checking my account every day and see that they paid rent. And if it gets to the end of the month and they haven't, then I would have an issue, but it hasn't happened yet. So yeah. for me personally, to just be a little bit more flexible about when they pay during the month, um, instead of being so uptight that I need it by the first or the fifth, that's helped make things go a little easier. And I haven't had to bug my property managers about it. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because that there are tenants that just habitually, they almost count their rent as rent plus late fee in their mind, right? That's just how they live. And you have to just be okay with that sometimes, right? If they're not paying and missing months at a time, that's different. That's not what I'm saying. But the tenants that pay during the course of that month, but they're late every month, you get a late fee. So <laughs> yeah, take 25 bucks and just like call it a day. We're good. That's right. That's right. And you want to have that late fee. You don't want to have them not paying a late fee because it doesn't motivate them to pay you on time. So I'm not saying just roll over and let them do what they want to do because there is a consequence for them paying late. But man, if it's a win for the owner in the end, it's going to be just fine. Like yep. I agree. Having that flexibility in your thinking. I have clients that will say, well, my mortgage payments do, and I don't have rent. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to happen sometimes. <laughs> sometimes that's just what is. So good point. I'm glad you brought that up. So a couple other things that they are going to be responsible for, they handle that make ready report. So when the tenant moves out, they're going to go in and get a tenant turn done. And so they're going to say, well, these are our recommendations of what needs to be done. And they are most often recommendations. So if you get a long tenant turn list, look through it. Don't just pay the bill. (laughs) That is one thing that I should put on the owner responsibility list. Pay attention. And so that make ready list, I've had clients and I don't blame the property manager necessarily. A lot of them follow protocol and a lot of them are trying to protect from liability. So I had home that was seven months old. The tenant moved out early. They did a make ready report on new construction. This was a brand new house closed seven months ago. And they recommended, I believe it was almost $300 to replace all of the smoke detectors. Oh, wow. And I said, well, that's absurd. (laughs) I said, why would you? In the end, I was with the owner of the management company arguing back saying, that makes no sense. And it's kind of wasteful to be replacing things that are in perfect shape. But on their end, they're saying, well, we want to protect against liability by having brand new smoke detectors, every tenant turn that are not in any way going to be outdated or malfunctioning. Right. So read, read your stuff that comes. Yeah. yeah. So the make ready report and coordinate the repairs. I mean, I've jumped in and handled some of the repairs. If I want another bid, I know you've done that too, Jackie. Yeah. Um, You're not stuck with their make ready report. So look at it. And if you feel like it's high, ask for a second bid, or I've even done the legwork myself and called, called a couple companies, asked them to go in, but I'm not afraid of doing a little bit of work. So you don't have to do that being very clear. You definitely do not have to, but you can is all I'm saying. Right. And sometimes it's to your advantage to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that some of these contractors that our property managers work with routinely, I'm finding, especially coming off COVID, they're backlogged, they're busy. And I've jumped in on a couple of make readies and called around. I've gotten a little bit scrappy 
and come up with creative solutions as far as hiring a, a different trash out company to come and help with the trash out or a different concrete company to come and help with something. And those things come with a little bit of work, but a large amount of savings, especially if it's going to save you thousands of dollars. I wouldn't be afraid to use Google and look at reviews and call around and ask around. And I mean, you can always reach out to us. We may have someone in the area that we've dealt with in the past. And I'm happy to look at my little black book and see if I have someone (laughs) I can send your way too, because that's helpful to have, you know, for sure. And that, that would be a great thing for like our Facebook group, right? Saying, Hey, does anyone have a roofer that they've worked with mm-hmm. in Birmingham? Like they had a good experience. I need a referral, right? So you can network. And that's how we find a lot of our people that we've worked with when your little black book, right? Jackie is, I mean, uh, some of it's online searching, some of it's just networking and asking. a lot of it's networking. Yeah. yeah finding a good recommendation. So, okay. Another thing that they're going to do are routine property inspections. So I try to get my property manager on site in the home without bugging the tenants at least once a year. So I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I asked my property manager to do the renewal of the lease on site with the tenant in the home so that they it's just casual. doesn't make the tenant feel like you're checking up on them or bug your tenants but it's a good way to just make sure that if it says there's a family of five living there, there really is a family of five living there and there's not 12 dogs and they're not running a business out of the home. I've had had that happen uh, to a client fairly recently, right? So just to make sure that what they say on the, the lease that they are agreeing to is what they're actually doing in the property. So that's something, even if you have to pay for it, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, totally worth it oh, to no. know what's happening. So yeah. and just have general eyes on it, right? Like yeah. there's a huge hole in the roof or shingles ripped off or something visibly massively that yeah. could cause a problem, a maintenance issue down the road. Just have eyes on it is super reassuring. Yeah. I mean, on that same note, if you're in a C class area and sometimes B class areas, I've seen frequently that tenants do not like to call in repairs because they worry that the property manager or the owner will raise their rent. So they purposefully will not call in repairs, which sounds like, oh, yay, like easy tenant, but you could be having some maintenance issues that happen down the road, right? A small leak under the sink or something like that, that eventually can do more damage to the property. So another reason why that routine property inspection can be helpful because sometimes you're really quiet tenants. You go to sell the property and you're a little surprised. Like, how were you living like this and didn't call me? And that's the common thread I've seen. And it doesn't have to only be that C or B class area. It's usually your lower rents though, that they're scared you're going to increase their rent if you're a pain, right? You don't, I don't want to bug the owner because they might raise my rent. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And then lastly, the one that we love the most, probably from a property manager, besides the leasing and not dealing with the repairs is collecting and dispersing rent. So back in the day, Ron used to present and call tenants wealth accelerators <laughs> as, as a nickname. So you get that rent every month and, oh, it feels so good. I remember one particular client that lives locally to me. He's a dentist and he's my dentist. And I went in to see him and he had just closed on his first property. And he said, holy cow, like the money is just coming in and this is amazing. And I'm not doing anything for it. Like I'm not having to trade any of my time. It's just coming in the mail. And I remember the look on his face. 
he could not stop talking about it to the point that I think people thought he was part of like a multi-level marketing <laughs> type of thing because he thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Still does to this day. So it is the coolest thing. It is so fun. So you can also, in addition, ask them to handle other bills for you. Most people don't do this because usually there's a fee associated with it, but they can, some property managers can handle your mortgage payment or HOA bills or other bills pertinent to the property so that it's a little more hands-off. For me, I just set up those on auto. So it's not any sort of time sucker and I don't have to worry I'm going to forget because it's just happening automatically. So maybe several years ago before that was an option, maybe I would have looked at hiring someone else as my property manager. I mean, to do those things for me, but don't really find that that's necessarily a big time savings, but they can. So if you're wanting to do that, I know they call them more of your, your full service property management companies. I think that rounds out our list of property management company responsibilities, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's cover owner responsibilities. Jackie, what are some owner responsibilities to look out for? The biggest one that I think property managers are tight on is that you are carrying insurance and you have to provide that to them usually within a certain amount of days of signing the management agreement with them. So that's definitely something to watch out for. And it's easy. You just have to shoot them over, you know, your EOI or whatever that may be, but definitely something to be on top of and watch out for. So it's just got a thorn in your side. Yeah. Most management agreements, you guys are going to ask that you add the property manager as additional insured. And for me, I just took me 30 seconds. I sent an email to my insurance company. They added them. Some insurance companies will charge a little bit extra for that. I know our master insurance policy does not, but some, if you have other outside insurance, they may ask for an extra fee for that. But as long as as long as they don't, then it's no big deal. So having them on your insurance policy, if anything, it actually could help you as the owner, just to make sure you're covering all your bases. So, all right. Then another responsibility. So I guess I'm going to stop here and say, ultimately, this is your property. That is a mindset thing that I sometimes have to educate clients on. You've hired a property manager to make this more passive for sure and certain, hard stop. (laughs) But it is more passive. It is not completely passive. So you are ultimately responsible as the owner of the property. This is your property. The property manager is not on title to the property. You are. So you need to have that mindset that you are not having to capitulate to the property manager because they're the one managing the property, right? You are financially responsible for paying the bills for the property. If they do maintenance for the property, taxes, all of those things are your responsibility. So keep that in mind that a lot of times we find that clients really forget this and they feel like they're powerless when it's not leased or I don't know what to do. I'm not hearing back from my property manager You just have to remember, like, take the reins (laughs) if you need to. This is your property. So hard stop on that, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. A good Um, mindset for everyone to shift into if if you've kind of shifted away from that. Yeah. So I always check and make sure the deposits come into my account. So you should get an email statement coming to your email from the property manager every month. And you want to make sure that the money is actually hitting your account. 
I've had it happen before that it's like a typo or they thought it was. And I mean, these are human beings dealing with these. It's not like this automatic robot that the money comes into your account. So if you don't receive it, call, follow up, don't wait. If you think, wait a minute, I saw my statement said I should have received $1,300, but I don't see the deposit call and figure out the problem. Yeah. So don't wait. And on that note, just be aware of when they deposit. Some companies do their deposits mid-month, some do them at the end of the month. Just know when to really watch for that and then just check it, make it a habit to log in at that time yes. every month and make sure it's there. Yes. And the property managers typically try to disperse one time every month, meaning they have a day of the month that they disperse to all the owners. So a lot of people get frustrated and say, well, they, my tenant paid by the fifth and they don't pay me till the 15th. And it's really for that reason. They give time for those late tenants that pay late every month, like we talked about. And then they send owners on the same day, the owners all get the funds. So that is pretty scheduled into a property manager's month. So keep that in mind because that is thrown off some people in the past. It's really for simplicity. They will sometimes make an additional disbursement, but sometimes you will get two months rent the following month if the tenant was even later. Yeah. It's happened to me before. Yeah. And then let's see, I would say if you ever have a gut feeling that something is just not right for whatever reason, maybe it's I don't feel like I'm hearing from them enough or my property's not leased and it's been vacant for a little too long, I feel like. And you may doubt yourself and think, well, I don't own very many properties and maybe I'm overthinking this. I would follow your gut on that because it pays off to follow your gut (laughs) and reach out. And I would say in the interview we had with Mandy Clark, I thought she had a really good tip and it was to email more than call. So send an email, they can track it. They often have systems and processes to make sure those emails get returned where phone calls are harder. So, and they only have so many hours in the day to call owners. If it's not super urgent, send an email and just wait for it. So it's trackable and you know, when you followed up, et cetera, there's a paper trail. So with a vacant unit or a tenant not paying, I follow up once a week, typically. Unfortunately, I have a tenant that hasn't been paying for almost nine months. And I, (laughs) it's yeah, good old, like not being able to evict people is really, really awesome. But I follow up every week and I know the tenant now has a job. So I'm following up on a payment plan and I'm just asking, Hey, do you have an update? Hey, do you have an update? Hey, do you have an update? Right. So not too pestering. I have clients that will reach out daily. I think once a week in my situation with this tenant is sufficient, but you want to make sure you make your voice heard. So if there's an issue, don't stand idly by and don't reach out to us at RP Capital without reaching out to your property manager first, if you have a property through us. So definitely. And I get that a lot where clients will come to us and I'll connect them with the property manager and it's resolved just that quick. And really they could have just circumvented us and gone straight to the property manager. And I know the, the property managers appreciate that opportunity to step up and do their job because they're, they're great at it. Yeah. It's a good point. And one thing I heard in that Jackie, that I think maybe not everyone caught is they would have saved time. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been resolved faster if they just reached out to the property manager directly. So we tell our clients to come to us if they're stuck 
or if they don't know what to do, or they need a second opinion on what the property manager is saying, things like that, then come to us. Otherwise, we're just going to slow down. We're going to be like a cog in the wheel that's slowing us down. So totally. All right. I think that pretty well summarizes the owner responsibilities. Just don't be asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I thought of one other tip as well. If you are curious about how your property is being marketed, hop on their website. Almost all of our management companies have a website. Hop on and see, look what the pictures look like. Look what it says. Maybe you can help them brainstorm how to rewrite their little blurb about the neighborhood or whatever it may be to make it more attractive to tenants. That's just something that I've seen that I think could be helpful if you are feeling frustrated with a vacancy not being filled, that you can get a little scrappy and get a little creative and help them a little bit, help the management company do their job just a little bit better. Yeah, it's a great tip. I knew having you on here would be awesome because you're boots on the ground every day with dealing with problems and concerns. So perfect. And then lastly, things to watch for in a property management agreement. So we do this pretty frequently. And so I actually had to write a list because when you just get so used to how we negotiate our management agreements, I had to take a step back and say, what are the issues we've had to negotiate out of management agreements in the past? So just a couple of things to watch for. So renewal fees are usually one that most property managers want to charge a full month's rent to place a new tenant. And I am all about them charging a fee for that. They really do need to because they use that for marketing expense. They use it to cover any sort of software that they use to help market the properties. But the main thing they use it for is to bonus their leasing agent who spends the time, who's actually going out to the property, doing the showings. You want to incentivize that person. And if other people are paying more or at all paying that person to go out and show it and others are not, who is that leasing agent going to go and work harder for? I mean, that's just logic, right? So you need to have a renewal fee. You really do. Unless you negotiate a whole different management fee structure that's just one flat rate. Otherwise, if you're paying percentage of the rent that's pretty low, you're just going to need to have a renewal fee. So you want to make sure though that that is in line. We really, really try to keep it half of the first month's rent. We have some property managers that say, on our market, that's just not going to work. (laughs) And sometimes it's, the way they pay people in that market, the way other property managers pay people, there's some things away that are out of their control. There's sometimes that you're paying a full month's rent for that renewal fee, but man, we try really hard to have it at half the first month's rent. <laughs> so talk about late fees, Jackie's. What should we look for in a management agreement about late fees? I mean, ideally you as the owner will get all of the late fee. At the very least, they should be split. But watch for that verbiage in your agreement before you sign it. If it's saying that late fees all go to the management company, that's something that you could maybe point out and ask to discuss. I think in most of ours that the late fee all goes to the owner, but definitely something to watch out for. Yeah. I've had management agreements come over before where 100% of it goes to the property management company. And that was really interesting to me. I can appreciate that they're working hard to collect the rent. And so half, if you're splitting it, I get that because they're sometimes having to send someone on site. They're making all these phone calls. They're trying to track the tenant down to get that rent. So I can appreciate it. But as the owner, 
you're the one that's covering the mortgage until that rent comes in. I think it should at least have part of it going to the owner. Another thing is the term of the agreement. I wouldn't sign a really long term management agreement unless they're giving you a great benefit for that. So maybe like a one year management agreement is kind of pretty standard. I think we've done a two year when they gave us a discounted rate for development. We've done that before, but by and large, it's been a one year term. And then maintenance override. So a lot of management agreements will have the property manager getting a fee for maintenance. Jackie, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, just that they will oversee the maintenance that comes up and by placing the people that need to be there to do the repairs, that they take a portion of that. It shouldn't be greater than 10%. We have seen them try to slip in 15 or 17%. And we usually push back on that pretty hard. Again, we know that it takes extra effort, especially if you've got a laundry list of items that you are trying to work through, that that's going to be a lot of coordinating on their part. But 10% is the sweet spot that we feel is fair for everyone. Yeah, I agree. Some of them do not have it, but I would say most are charging to help coordinate those maintenance requests. And then they're going to be response. Sorry, the thing that you want to be watching for in the management agreement is if they're going to list the property, listing the property at a future date. Sorry. So what that means is often in the management agreement, it will say, if you're going to list the property, we get to list it. We get to represent you. So often it'll say like, you have to come to us first to list it. It'll often even have the fee that they will charge to sell it for you. And I feel like the intent on that is that if the tenant living in the property reaches out to the management company and says, Hey, I really want to buy this property that I live in. Then they go to the owner and say, Hey, tenants interested in buying the property. And then the owner circumvents the property management company and just goes and sells it to the tenant. So I think that's the intent behind it, but I would just watch for that, watch for the language in it so that you're not totally stuck working. If they're not going to do a great job for you, that they're not going to be able to sell the property if they're not going to work really hard and have good experience listing it. So I would just watch for the way it's worded really more than anything. Yes. I think those are the main things we watch for. I mean, Obviously the fee that they're going to charge, but that almost goes, that's the easy one (laughs) to check for. So they can have policies about pets and things like that. But really, I guess the overarching idea is to read the management agreement. So don't just sign with, they're usually not super long. They're not painful. So read through it just to make sure that you understand what you're agreeing to with the management company. Yeah. I think that's hopefully really helpful for you guys. It's uh kind of maybe a little bit more of a boring topic, but I think it's really good to maybe even refocus, right? I know for me with this tenant not paying, I've had to kind of refocus on this a few times. Yeah. Unfortunately, you've had plenty of time to refocus on it over the last nine or so months. Yes, exactly. Well, if you guys like this, please share it with people please leave a written review. We love those. We love your feedback. If you have other topics that you'd like us to cover in the future, please let us know. We would love to make sure this is pertinent to what you're wanting to learn about. So you can reach out to us at invest at rpcinvest.com and make sure that you're reading your agreements. Make sure you're paying attention to your properties and not flying blind. That's our takeaway for today. So until next time, go out and make something happen, guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. 
to subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.